Hello, listening people. Hey. Hello. You are listening to Spoon Porsche Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slowinski. And I'm Bartek. Boo, boo. It's great because you applauded me and booed yourself. So no, no, that was the audience. That was the canned laughter audience. <laughs> Good stuff. So, um, yes, we are spit and polish, likingly because we are always spitting, and we both, both happen, happen to be, to be polish. polish. Isn't, Isn't that, that right, right Bartek? Ryan. Yeah, yeah. No. Ah, I got no, you there. No, well, I, I, yeah was the answer. You said no for some reason. So, you are listening to Unappreciated Masterpieces, and what we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces, Payton, in case you are good, this is good. unaware, yeah. is we do feature-length audio commentaries for movies that seemingly don't deserve a commentary, but that's where we disagree. We find movies that aren't completely forgotten, but aren't completely remembered. They're not in most people's top ten lists of best movies ever made, but they're not in their bottom worst lists either. And that's what we think. We think we need to find these movies and discuss them, talk about them, find the intricate work that have been put into these, because with each and every movie, there has been lots of time and effort and work put into them. Whether it's the writing, directing, acting, costume, lighting, these things need to be appreciated. And we think that these movies haven't got the love and appreciation they deserve. And within themselves and within the landscape of cinema, they're masterpieces. Mm. They seemingly don't deserve audio commentaries, but things are not as they seem. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so, Bartek. That's me. What is the unappreciated masterpiece we are going to be covering for this episode? Schlubne Voine. Alrighty. Uh, look, I don't know. I think you're speaking Polish. We've done this show for nearly like 60 episodes or something at this point. And you're always saying titles in Polish. And I have to keep telling you, I don't speak Polish. I mean... I am Polish, but I don't speak it, so I don't know what you're saying to me, mate. Oh, no. I did it again. <laughs> Thanks, canned laughter. Um, Schlupne Wojny. I know what Wojny means, and now I know what Schlupne means, which means I know what that means, and it means Bride Wars. Bride Wars from 2009, the Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway classic. Yeah. That, oh, my God. I can't believe it either. I can't believe that we're doing this without a guest this week. Yeah. We, we, we decided on a guest. We, I, I said to Bartek, I said, Bartek, we're going to do this seemingly, you know, I don't want to things stereotype things. Yeah. Chick flick. We should have a chick guest on. And, and this is not a lie, folks. This is actually what happened. <laughs> You're going to tell the story? I I got my I I booked to have my former housemate Jess Truen, who has been on the show before for Vampire Academy, and this is not a joke. This is not a joke. She messages me before we start, like just before we start recording, like an hour or two before, say she's in a hair appointment that's running overtime, and she started this appointment at nine o'clock, and it probably wouldn't be finished till three o'clock or four o'clock. Can you guys do the show without me? And I said, we sure can. Good luck with your hair. I mean, I'm not an expert on hair, mm. but this movie has hair in it oh, and yeah? it's chick related. Mm-hmm. So I buy what Jess had to say that her hair needs to take at least 
18 hours to prepare. The only way that we could, like... I mean, she wouldn't lie to us, of course. Yeah, the, the only way we could, like, be more happy for her if she is if she ended up being a bridesmaid. I would be happy if she came on this podcast right now so we can see her hair. Like, obviously, we would describe it to you. Like, Jess's hair is now... Slightly straighter. Like, I don't know, but that's why we don't have a guest. And that's the honest truth. Yeah, woo! That's the honest truth. This is the truth. We're watching a movie called Bride Wars, and our female guest had to drop out for very female reasons, which is she needed to attend that hair appointment, and it went longer than expected. This is the real life sex in the city. Yeah. This is spit and polish in the city. Yeah, and you're going to listen to two blokes talk about. Two gals. And Two gals friends. and a Chris Pratt. So get your copy of Bride Wars ready. Because I imagine everyone has a copy of Bride Wars from 2009. The, uh, the ultimate edition, probably. Not the 2015 Chinese remake, which <laughs> exists. And I'm tempted to do that as well. Uh, yeah, I'm tempted to, see to the differences. watch it, yeah. To see the differences. Is it like... Because I didn't look up too much about it. Is it confirmed that it's based on the same? It is. Okay. It's like, when you look it up, it says... Remake of 2009 Bride Wars okay. with Anne Hathaway. I, I, I saw the poster. Okay, it looked similar. So, what you guys have to do is you get your copy ready and then we do a countdown. And when we say play, that's when you press play. So, get it ready. Get it ready. Get past... If you have it on DVD, get past that menu. And remember what Ryan said when we say it. So, if he just says it normally, if I just say it like alone, it doesn't count. We have yeah. to say it together. Yeah, we're saying it together. Yeah. So get your copy ready because we're going to start this magnificent film in three, two, two one, play. play. There we go. We did so it. we are currently two seconds in, three seconds, four seconds into the 20th Century Fox logo. My favorite logo. 10 seconds. There you go, 11. So this is one of my favorite. Uh, look, I think this uh, opening shot here of 20th Century a news corporation company uh, registered, is one of the most unappreciated um, openings. Of the common openings? Yeah. Yeah. Next to the one that follows up right now, which is, of course, Regency. Now, have you heard of David Fincher, the film director? I've heard of him. He directed Fight Club and, and, uh, and Gone Girl. Well, he has very interesting commentary tracks where he does the film Panic Room, which is his own, and it has the Regency logo, and he just for no reason goes into like a five minute spiel about how much he hates the Regency logo like he goes it looks like it's from the 1980s they really need to update it, it this is terrible and then when he does Gone Girl mm-hmm. and it's like I, I don't know which one let's say the Paramount logo and he goes ah oh, look at that look at that beautiful logo and intro <laughs> much better than the terrible stuff at Regency <laughs> like he said it's like ten years between these commentaries so he still has a bitter hatred and maybe that's why this film's unappreciated yeah. Regency. Well, first thing we should point out Update. is that we what we're on the opening credits right now, and earlier when it showed our two lead actresses, aka Kate Hudson mm. and Anne Hathaway, um, their names were displayed above a bride. bride and groom. And here's a weird thing. I was like, Oh, okay. Is this is this where this is gonna go? Yeah. And here's the thing that really, really bothered me. Now, this is not too much of a criticism, but more work could have been put in. Should they have put the names on the opposite sides? Because, as we're going to see, the child versions of them, the Anne Hathaway one plays the groom in their make-believe, and Kate Hudson plays the bride. Well, they had Kate Hudson over the groom. 
and Anne Hathaway over the bride. But is that Bartek? Hold on. Uh, yeah. Is that foreshadowing to the character's uh, to the character's uh, development throughout the movie? Because this whole movie is about one woman who's really driven, really determined, business, you know, does not bend to anyone's will, and another woman who uh, who's spineless, who's who's too caring, and she's always subservient. And at the end of the movie, they kind of swap roles you could say where where the spineless one does not want to bend and the the one that does not want to bend you know loses that kind of that rigid adherency mm. and i think this with those with just that intro is a foreshadowing of great detail mm. that is filmmaking 101 and you know this is a good film because it's a movie called bride wars and i wrote in big letters in my notes Created by a man. It was like, story <laughs> by Greg DePaul. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Because mm. that ends sexism right there. You're thinking, oh, this is going to be like one of these steel magnolia. Like, it's going to be like one of these chick flicks, right? Well, guess what? It is a chick flick, or is it? But at least it's got something different. You're thinking, oh, it's going to be written by like Jermaine Greer or something. Yeah, but no. A man came up with this concept and he wrote it. Good on him. Showing Hollywood how it's done. Mm-hmm. Hashtag man. Hashtag male privilege proved. <laughs> and here, Bartek, we are finally introduced to the adult versions of our main characters, mm. played brilliantly by Chris Pratt. And, no, 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 of course. Played brilliantly by Anne Hathaway and uh, Kate Hudson. Yes. Um, now, this film, Bartek, could you tell the audience and myself what the general plot of it is in case there's someone listening to this uh plot or synopsis yeah you can go with either one flip a coin you decide i feel like with plot i'm summarizing the whole film ah give us a synopsis then what if you had to pitch this to someone who hadn't seen it before all right mate think now about two little girls they go to the plaza hotel yeah and they where's that you know, in June. <laughs> okay. It's in it's in June. I said where, not when. Yeah, it's in June. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because the woman who also wrote this, who's on screen currently, not now, but the one who's the bride, the female writer of the script, her name is June Diane Rayfield, and she appeared in year one as the love interest of Jack Black. Yummy. So it's in her, yeah? So it's yes. in this woman on on the yeah, stage. So two little girls at the Plaza Hotel in June, of course. In her, that, yeah. That's where and when it is. Um, they like it. They like it a lot. Now, look, I know I've sold it to you already, but let me just keep going. They want that for themselves. Ah, okay. So they want to get married in June in the plaza. At June, yes. You said in June. Yeah, they're in June and at June. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the plot. That's it. That's the synopsis. But what happens, Bartek? Well, look, when I said that's the synopsis, I was just kidding. That was just the setup. Obviously, the movie's called Bride Wars. It will be called Bride Wars because I am pitching this right now. <laughs> Thank you, Candle After. Mm. I bring that with me to my pitches. Um, now, there's a little bit of a problem. Well, first of all, it's not a problem. It starts off with they both get engaged at almost the same time. Yay! And then when they go to... No! When they go to book the wedding, there are two separate days in June. Well, obviously, they book on the two separate days. Yes, they oh, do. that's the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, fucking Angela screwed up the... Uh, Who's Angela? 
Angela? Oh, you, when you see the movie, you will know who Angela is. Oh my god, I can't wait for Angela. She sounds like she's going to be an integral part of this movie. Um, she is the reason. The well, reason. What I hear from you is Angela's not only the reason, but a main character for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Maybe we'll write some changes in later, but I, I'm pretty sure we'll keep her exactly the way we want her to. Yeah, yeah you got me, nailed me there. Yeah. Um, I'm invested now for Angela's story. Yes, but now the mistake. <gasps> they both get booked on the same day at pretty much the same time. Oh, well, they can't... They can't... A double wedding, you're probably thinking. Oh, yeah, double wedding or what? They can't have it, like, one does one year in June and the other does this year in June? Oh, well, you see, the next uh, June availability date is three years after. But they managed to get the... Wait, so how long is June away from their engagements? Uh, you mean the engagements to June? Yeah. Uh, you know, just a few weeks, maybe. Three months? It's three months. Yeah, it's a few weeks. Ah, but they managed to get the plaza in three months, huh? Yeah. But they can't get it for next year. No, because it's booked up. Oh, but it wasn't booked up for three months from now. But, well, you see, they need they need June. Oh, you got me the there. Pl- the Plaza <laughs> Hotel does not exist until June. So this is what the movie's about, huh? That's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to watch yes. it. You know, now, now we're talking, okay? I just want to acknowledge someone on screen right now. I'm going to say it straight off the bat. This character here. Yes. Is my favourite. Yeah. And I think for me, her name's Deb, yeah? I think so. She's my favourite because of the actress as well. Yeah. She's she's played by the woman who plays Sally in Third Rock from the Sun, or in her film career, you may know her from Austin Powers uh, 2 as Ivana Humpelot. Yeah. And I think she really brings the comedy chops to this film here, because the one thing I'm going to say is I, I, I read a lot of reviews and I've got some reviews for the show later on. And a lot of them said, this isn't as funny as the trailer pitched it. Now, I didn't watch the trailer, but that is something true. This is not as much of a laugh-out-loud comedy as one would think it might be yeah. from the description of the movie that we just gave and, and from the title alone. But it is isn't a smart movie. Like, they've just set up the foreshadowing for Yellow Isn't Your Colour and when Anne Hathaway tries to be her own person, she tries to wear yellow, and it just doesn't look good on her. Yeah. And earlier they set up this great little thing about iPods, which, when it comes around again, we'll talk about it. It's really, really ingenious. And I think that's the thing I like about this movie. It is, a chick fl- it is on a level, a chick flick, but it's an intelligent, subdued comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, when it does the comedy moments, it does them loudly and proudly. But... It's the banter between our two leads that really sells it. But I really like Sally from Third Rock from the Sun. I think she gets, as an actress, something out of that character that wasn't there on the script. I think she brings to life a certain thing. Like, what I've always loved about her as an actress is she has a real, like, uh, gurning clown face. Like, she's not afraid to pull really absurd, silly faces and do wacky gestures as an actress. She, and She's kind of like the Kramer of this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's not afraid as well to, as an actress, in what I've seen of her stuff, and including this, to 
to play off of the lack of femininity that she has because she's a very tall masculine-esque looking woman and she often plays off of that especially in third rock from the sun i don't know if you've watched that show i have not uh where she the whole premise is they're aliens pretending to be humans and they name themselves dick harry sally tommy like they've read the book and they're like we'll name themselves that and she's like their military expert Mm -hmm. and she's really mean and manly but she's a woman yeah so yeah she's great in this movie i don't know who was your favorite character did you did you have someone that really shone for you this one was a very tricky one i when i was watching the film i was kind of anticipating your question of do i have a favorite character Mm. i was actually thinking more along the lines of if you were gonna ask me if i identify with any character but uh yeah i I, I couldn't think of any and even with favourite character, I struggled. But then I started thinking, maybe this is the type of movie where if you don't feel that you can identify with a character or that you have one in particular that you really like, maybe that's to its benefit. Yeah. Maybe sometimes it's nice to walk into a film and just be a, an observer. And I feel this particular movie is very appropriate because... Uh, the title, the first word in the title, that five-letter one that begins with B, but it's not Bartek. Bribe. Bride. Bride. That's Bride. It. Well, brides, technically. And uh, Anne Hathaway later in the film, at the wedding, just before the wedding, has that whole speech about how this is her day. Don't, don't make yeah. it about yourself. It's her day. Just let it be her day. And I, I feel like... Throughout the film, when I was struggling to find, you know, a character that I identify with that I like, I feel like I was following that kind of unspoken rule. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'm okay with that. Yeah, because that's the thing with this movie. It's like Civil War. Uh, Captain America, obviously, not the American Civil War. But we can talk about that too. Mm-hmm. Is Fight for it's, slavery. It's a fight movie. It's a war movie. Mm. It's a movie with two friends that have different ideologies and they're fighting them out and it's a movie that asks you and this is a great thing it takes the four it takes the conventions and the genres and the tropes and all that of a female empowerment movie that's also a wedding movie and a rom-com movie but it plays these two friends against each other and it really makes them question within themselves what friendship is and i think that's a brilliant thing that it does there like it it subverts every like it still plays the conventions but with that in mind it subverts them as well like the men are in this movie are like the standard women characters in most movies they're where, somewhat objectified yeah and they're secondary yeah and you know they are they are played for tropes like chris pratt here I was very confused by Chris Pratt in this movie. Mm. He played two people in this movie. One, Chris Pratt, which he's playing right now, is lovable, he's really nice. You can't help but love the guy. I love Chris Pratt. Like, he's just a guy that you're just drawn to. But then, halfway through the movie, after a great montage of still images, uh, you know... In after a the no- dance uh, rehearsal? Yeah, I think. Uh, the narration, played by uh, played brilliantly by Candace Bergman, is... is it gives you a narration form that the their relationship that relationships can strain under the pressure of the final week leading up to a marriage and then chris pratt plays a second kind of character which is the really stern 
I'm not up for this man character. And that kind of happens a lot in uh, normal, like in more conventional movies with the female characters where they have that, un what you would consider an unnecessary flip of a character. So that way you can go, oh good, get rid of that woman. We don't like her. I think that's what this film is playing with here. Mm. It's saying, hey, you're used to that being the woman. How about it's the man in this movie? Mm. I think this is a really, really ingenious film. Yeah, his character definitely goes through a lot of changes because if we were to take the three uh, most prominent male characters, it would be him, uh, the other groom, and uh, Kate Hudson's brother. Really? Those are the three male characters? The most prominent. Really? I thought about... Kevin was way more prominent than... Which uh, one's Kevin? The secretary that... Oh, becomes of course. Man of Honor. I feel like he plays more of a valiant role than any of the male characters that we've just listed, in all honesty. Like, he makes yeah, the plot okay, move I, forward. For some reason, my mind skipped on him. Okay, four. But uh, specifically about those three right there that I mentioned. Because mm. um, they're... I, I was kind of talking about, like, the romantic. Mm. Yeah. For, for some reason, I equated most prominent to the romantic characters. No. Uh, but anyway, with them... Um, the Chris Pratt character is kind of the one that deviates, I guess, the most from that whole satellite-y, object-by-male theme, because mm. he kind of has that character of, like, he's doubtful, he's, in his mind, calling out his, uh, fiance on the shit that she's doing, whereas, um... His name's Fletcher. What was the other groom? Michael or something? No, I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay, well, I have Kate, it in my notes somewhere. The one that then. does get married at the end. Uh, Kate Hudson's guy. Ooh, I'm so sorry. I'm so boo! sorry. Boo! That, oh, that no. was me booing, not the audience. Uh, I boo, Bartek. So, so you were saying um, Mike gets married. Let's say he gets married, Mikey. but he's kind of like the... The, the goody, always-on-your-side kind of character. Yeah, and you don't think that of him to begin with necessarily yeah. because of... Yeah, this is, again, playing with the stereotypes that you perceive. You would think that the man... And this... No, if you've watched the movie, you'll, you'll definitely understand. But just for some context, there's, there's... Her role is she's, like, a powerful businesswoman. Kate Hudson. Bo Kate Hudson, ball buster. Like, she's, you know, woman hear me raw kind of thing. She's a lawyer. And, and her husband, soon-to-be husband is also a business person as well like he he seems like the he seemed like he would be the stern type mm. and uh you know especially in this scene especially in this first scene where we really get to know who he is uh, but he's also a pushover as well you could say yeah. but, you know, but you find out later in the film it's a romantic way and chris pratt on the other hand is really cool relaxed he's chris pratt but an accountant and you're thinking okay so Maybe the two ultra-conservative, pushy couple will strain under the pressure, while the two more conventional, uh, romantic couple will blossom. But that's not where this film goes. This film actually gives you this idea of we shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Just because these two characters right here are business people that are career-driven and power-driven doesn't mean they aren't capable of love and capable of adapting. And I think that's really brilliant of what it's trying to say there, because Chris Pratt, later in the movie, says a line that is very telling of his character, which is, he goes, about um, the man here, he goes, Ah, oh, 
he will have to learn how to control his wife. Mm. Which really seems like it comes out of left field at first, but then you think about Especially it. Especially with Anne Hathaway's reaction. Yeah, and you think about it and you go, well, that isn't... Like, it is a terrible thing to say, but it isn't a necessarily incorrect thing to say. But once you actually get to discover these two as a couple, it is incorrect to say, because their relationship doesn't focus on controlling one another. They actually work very well as a team, and you discover Chris Pratt and Anne Hathaway's relationship is more about controlling one another and having power dynamics. It's very interesting that the idea of the powerless woman is in the relationship where a power dynamic is more prevalent than the one who is a powerful woman and their relationship doesn't focus on a power dynamic. Mm. I think it's really great. Yes. Did you see it like that at all? I didn't, Ryan, and, you know, other people didn't either because uh, have you heard of the quote uh, describing this movie as uh, grotesquely commercial uh, hideously so? Oh, sorry, it's hideously commercial, grotesquely so. Did Roger Ebert say that? No, I actually didn't look up what Roger Ebert said. Good, he was probably dead by then. Have you actually heard this quote? No, I haven't. Who Do you it? know who said it? No. Have you heard of Anne Hathaway? <laughs> Why? Why, Anne? Why? And apparently she really didn't like this film based on that quote. Well, that's where you have to say death of the author. Yeah, well, actress. Yeah, but they're part of the storytelling. Yeah. You know, you have to say death of that. Like, you know, at some points you have to go, well, no, I'm going to interpret it from what I get from the final product or the final text. And although Anne Hathaway might be against this film, there are people for it, such as you and myself. And you know, maybe, maybe she was still in character when she said that. Maybe that was meant to be like a character maybe, development thing. Yeah. Of like, you know, she's not going to be the doormat anymore. She's going to go out and say outrageous things, even if you know she doesn't really mean them. But I don't yeah. know. Maybe and that's what was going on there. Here we have um, the wedding consultant that they talk. Uh, the narrator. The narrator of the film as well. And she's not physically in it that much, which I find to be a hindrance to the movie, as do many critics as well, because uh, she is a great actress. This actress is uh, known prominently for her role as Murphy Brown in the TV show Murphy Brown. And uh, she's a great uh, comedic actress with that really stern voice and deadpan delivery. And an actress like her could bring so much to this type of character where, you know, this character is really precise in business. And I think that is a hindrance because she's not in it that much. Mm. But we have the secretary who's in it. What's <laughs> Angela. Name? Angela. I think. Yeah, Angela, my favourite character. Yeah, your favourite Next character. to every other character. Like, all of them are pretty good, but none of them are Sally. Did you think that... Step. Did you think that she was going to be more prominent? I did, but then when they followed her up, I was like, no, I realise they're not going to do that for simply one reason. We're going to see soon, in a while now, actually, that they... Bartek and I discussed the, the summary of the plot briefly of the the whole idea is their wedding dates are booked the same day, same time. Accidentally. Yes. Accidentally. Well, why can't they just go to the woman who has the other day and try and do it with, like, try and confront her and organise something, negotiate? Well, they do try and do that and she's just not going to budge. She kind of 
de-characterizes, I guess, because... Oh, you didn't know that woman, did we? Yeah, Some our she... first impression was like, oh, you know, she's happy that she's going to be a bride, and, you know, the, the one exchange she had with our main characters was positive, although brief. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think it really tells about Anne Hathaway's character. Anne Hathaway's character is always pushed around. You know, she doesn't fight. And this is another example. She does something nice for someone else, and they don't return the favour. It's really a message about how the world can be cruel to the kind-hearted, and the kind-hearted have to harden up. It's also simultaneously easing us into one of the themes of the film. Which is bitches be crazy. (laughs) Which is bitches be crazy. No, Ryan. It's... It's the theme of what a bride is. Oh, sisterhood. Like how I mentioned earlier that later on in the film, it's it's kind of stated, you know, really, really obviously that on a wedding day, it is the bride's day. And although, you know, fair enough, we, we could agree to that, I mm. guess, in real life. On your wedding day, it should be your day. Um... But I feel like in re- the representation of brides and, you know, leading up to wedding day, uh, you kind of get that whole My Sweet Sixteen thing of, like, you're really bratty or kind of bitchy mm. when it comes to your wedding. And I feel like the first time we really see that, yeah, apart from their little, you know, kerfuffle between... Uh, is when you see her in the store that she works in, the uh, the third lady who doesn't become a character. Yeah. Um, yeah she she goes crazy. She doesn't work there. She doesn't work there? She was just tagging she... things? Ah. This is where the female perspective comes in. I was sitting here watching this movie with my girlfriend. Now, oh, to give context, okay. in case you haven't seen this movie before, the two main characters go to find this woman and they talk to her at a, at a shop. Yeah. And this woman's using a laser gun to what you think is price tagging things. But apparently, according to my girlfriend, Mm. it's adding to the wedding registry. Like, they give those... Because it was at, like, a specific shop for buying wedding stuff. Uh Uh-huh. So you get given a laser gun and you laser it and it adds up to, how like, your final cost of all these stuff you're going to get. Okay. That you could possibly get. So... That's why in this film, these two main characters also get laser guns mm-hmm. to shoot. So apparently that's a thing. Okay. The woman doesn't work there. But I was also very confused that the two main characters get thrown out of the store, but the other one doesn't. I'm like, oh, is it because she works there? Apparently no, no. Yeah, she... that, that kind of tipped me off. No, she does not work there. Okay. Yeah, I would have just assumed that would be done online or something, especially in 2009. But no, okay. no, especially not in 2009. Think about the internet back then, Bartek. It was a different place. It was 2009. It was pretty, you know, out there. Yeah, but think about grown people. Like, these are full-grown women, and the internet isn't as prevalent as it is now. Like, think, these are the age where they grab out their phones, and they're little block phones. They're not flat phones like we have. These 2009, really, in the grand scheme of things, was a very different time. I don't know, I felt like a teacher and a lawyer would kind of... Oh, well, sorry, of course, we're talking about someone who we don't know the profession of. They could just be Who we assumed worked poor. in a store. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, here she is. See, they use this, uh, you know, so... Yeah, so this is how you do it. I guess it's a thing that people do. Like, I guess it incites people to also physically go into the store because there's that whole 
science behind making people buy things with physical presentation in stores, which you lose online. So, again, Bride Wars is teaching us something. Mm. It's teaching us that getting someone to edit this movie in the style of someone who would edit a wedding video, it really... Did you ever feel that? Like, they had, like, lots of editing transitions or the use of still images as montages instead of moving yeah. images it's very reminiscent of that of a wedding but with, with the, I think it's really great with the still images that we saw earlier uh, that was narrated over so I felt like that was kind of you oh, know, appropriate yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like just muting it would be more appropriate rather than just still images but if they're going for a thematic thing then all more power to them yeah I think that's what they're going for you know like I think they're going for, let's edit this wedding movie like a wedding video. I mean, the only wedding videos I can think of are an Australian example. There's an episode of Fat Pizza where Tula, Rebel Wilson, for all you out there who know who Rebel Wilson is, because she's American basically now. Big, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Tahib Ilgik, who plays Habib, they get married, and like the last half of that episode is them going through the wedding video, just, and it's funny. And, um, have you heard of a film called, uh, Guess Who? Yeah. Right at the very end of that one as well. Oh, the, yeah, we've done Guess wedding Who. Video. So I always, when I think wedding video, I kind of think, you know, tacky little DVD with a bunch of menus of different parts of But that's what I mean, wedding. like, this can, this, the editing in this, the, the uneducated out there could argue is tacky, but I think it's on purpose, mm. you know, to give that feeling of this film like which is kind of ironic because when i say tacky also amateur would be another adjective there which is kind of risky for a hollywood theater production like we said 20th century fox 20th century fox don't fuck around but yeah that's 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 an interesting aspect to it is you know like it's a risk and i think that's what we really got to commend this movie on to it's a risk-taking movie yeah which and look they're playing halo 3 what a risk taker yeah and look no matter you know, what you say about the film at the end, if it took risks, can you really make fun of it for that? Mm. that? That's like, you know, can you make fun of that? This show isn't some show where we pretend that movies are the greatest films ever made. We were actually, you know, being serious here. We mm. we couldn't possibly joke about this film. Hmm. No, no, exactly. And, you know, I think, well, this movie brings a lot of feelings at the end of the day, you know? Mm. When I when I reflect upon this before we started this, I I actually had a debate within my head of who's, you know, in this, it's a Civil War movie. Like, yeah. you have to choose, like, you know, it's the idea of choose a side. But at the end of the day, you can't really choose a side because both sides are fundamentally right and fundamentally wrong Yeah. to the point of you just take it as a whole. But either, without a side... Whose side were you on? Liv or Emma? I feel like I was more on the Emma's side. Emma's, um... Anne Hathaway? Yeah. I, was, I felt I was more on Emma's side for part Yeah, of I felt that too, but I realised I was on Liv's side for there most a... of the movie because I think I was against Liv only for the first portion, like when they have their altercation in the restaurant or wherever they are with all their friends. Yeah, they, they transform she... a bit throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. and I think... Emma, like, I know she doesn't... Spoiler alert, she does not get married at the end of the film. Yeah. But with that aside, I know that's a big thing, but with that aside, I feel like 
Liv lost more in the battle than than Emma did mm. as a person. Like she she lost reputation. She got more stuff done to her that was more drastic. I think. Do like, you, do you feel like the uh, the hen's night was kind of like a big turning point? Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, yeah. No. To me, a big turning point was yeah that because it showed something that was different in the movie. With these type of movies, it's a tit for tat. You know, it's it's I dye her, I make her orange, I dye her hair blue. Then the other one will yeah, be back and forth. Back and forth. Like war. But this film does that and then it makes you side well for me, side with Liv because Emma keeps attacking while mm. Liv has stopped. Like Liv isn't doing anything anymore. Like, you know, she's just having a hen's night. So it goes from Anne Hathaway being dyed orange to her being like, well, I'm going to dye Kate Hudson's hair blue and then crash her hen's night and make me look great and humiliate her. Mm. See? There's no back and forth there. And it feels like... Yeah, it's like a back and forth and forth again. And so it feels like for a certain period of time, I just have to side with Liv on the fact that not only did the one action of dyeing her hair blue affect her in many ways more than one, but Anne Hathaway's character did not slow down any. It was like it wasn't a double a ga- downing thing. Yeah, it wasn't a game of chess anymore. I think it I was just a game have of to... chess where you made two moves in a row. Yeah, so I just have to... It's checkers. Uh, I, I just had to side with Liv at the end of the day. I realised I was only against her at the start and not yeah, for and that's because you know it. she's the more outspoken one mm. and you, the character we've literally said Emma is a doormat yeah so you just naturally root for her in these things and I yeah. think and also I'm more familiar with Anne Hathaway so I guess that might have been I am, a I am also thing. familiar with Anne Hathaway more so than Kate Hudson I will be honest I think this is my first movie watching Kate Hudson perhaps I know that I've seen You, Me and Dupree where I think she played ah. the You <laughs> not the Dupree no, that was Owen Wilson. What? So, yeah, like, I agree. I think us knowing Anne Hathaway, too, is, like, a, a big factor. To be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Anne Hathaway. Yeah, she's... She rubs me up the wrong way sometimes. Like, I think she's a cool person in real life, and she does play... When she plays herself, like in, let's say, The Princess Diaries, or, or something like that, or... or the Devil Wears Prada. I enjoy that, mm. but not so much when she plays more serious stuff. I just don't buy it as much because she's just maybe that's my baggage. Yeah, well, with me, I don't remember a lot of actresses too well, but she's one of the ones. Even though I'm not like a huge fan of hers or seek out her work, mm. she's one that I recognise. Like when she pops up, and yeah, I think it started when because. Uh, the first time I started watching the Oscars, like, yeah. for every year, it was with my mum. I started watching the year that Hugh Jackman uh, hosted, no. and that was... I enjoyed that a lot. Even Roger Ebert said that was his favourite Oscars. Yeah. And then... So that was my first one. So every year when the Oscars happens, I'm like, all right, let's see if anyone can top Hugh Jackman. I don't think anyone has necessarily done that. Not Billy Crystal? 
No, I, I really enjoyed Hugh Jackman's one. I like Billy Crystal when he hosts. He's fun. Yeah, but, but very soon after Hugh Jackman's one, there was a year where James Franco and Anne Hathaway hosted. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of awkward. Yeah, it was very bad. Yeah, and so that was like the first time I really started noticing Anne Hathaway. So I'm like, oh, mm. it's that lady who hosted the Oscars with uh, James Franco. I really noticed her when I watched The Devil Wears Prada for the first time when it came out. I was like, oh, okay, this, this chick's the chick from Princess Diaries and she's not just that anymore like mm. she's not just in there it's weird she's been in lots of things like I forget that she was in Brokeback Mountain yeah she was also in Les Miserables oh yeah well, I can't forget that but she dies uh horribly <laughs> but miserably I should have said and bold I think so Anne Hathaway is an interesting actress and here's the thing I like about this movie too is she's an attractive woman she is but you know what I like this movie doesn't accentuate that focus that like detract that her her beauty doesn't detract from it too much which happens a lot in a lot of these movies like Anne Hathaway is a sexy woman she's an attractive woman and sometimes that can kind of get a little distracting but in this movie I don't find it that attractive like I go meh she's just there I don't think we're necessarily meant to and I I guess that kind of jumps to the whole chick flick thing exactly like I obviously I'm a guy and I might be wrong in saying this but I feel like other things in this movie would you know be more uh the eye catches for the target audience like I don't know maybe maybe a dress or something yeah like like I'm being sexist here but but no in these typical movies you're thinking oh they're like with our preview, like when we had Jess, who was supposed to be a guest for this episode on, we did a movie called Vampire Academy. Mm-hmm. There was the legendary sexy dress, and we were all expecting, oh, this dress is going to be the dress, it's going to be sexy. It was really plain. It was like, that's weird. I was really prepared to come to this episode saying that a lot. but <laughs> you were, Yeah, this is the thing. It, it really subverts those expectations in which both women, yeah, they're attractive, but in this movie, they're realist like realism level of attractiveness while in everything else that I've seen them in or photos of it's that Hollywood attractive that doesn't you know no normal person could obtain that like this movie they're plain enough but beautiful enough and like you know I mean it's just I know we're talking about the 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 you know the blatant things of oh now we're just talking about the attractiveness of the two female leads but I think it's really important to talk about in this movie because it is not going by the tropes in that regard. Yeah, especially for films that I guess would be more targeted at our demographic. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, films that we would watch, I guess, might have elements of male gaze to them. Yeah. Not not homosexuals, but like to look at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying me. that. That and the word euthanasia. I always hear youth in Asia. Wow. Um, and that you could. I mean, the first time I heard it, what was I meant to think? No one was explaining what it meant. I was in the middle of class, and I'm like, why are we talking about Asian kids? <laughs> Thank you, Bartek. That's, a, re- that's a real story about me, yeah. That was a real story about Bartek. And I didn't say a word, because I was like, I'm just... I'll ask someone later. Anyway, um, but yeah, in this film, I don't... Would you say that some of the male characters, and you know, there are four prominent ones, as you know, you helped me with there... Would you, do you reckon any of them, as obviously with um, their attitudes, maybe the the brother of uh, Liv here, but mm. do you feel like they're meant to like pull in female viewers, especially with them being sweet or maybe attractive or anything like that? 
I don't think so. No? I don't think so because they're not in it enough. Yeah. I think. And they're not sexualized enough either. Like, Chris Pratt now is a, one of the sex icons of Hollywood right now. He's And this was... If we look at this movie, this is in between him being uh, fat Pratt and fit sexy Pratt. So this is average Pratt. And he is sexy in this movie, don't get me wrong. But I just don't think that these male characters are there at all for for the women necessarily. Uh, it's hard to say. I, I think it's more this movie's aimed towards uh, two male, two female characters. Well, obviously, and yeah. the, I think that's the main... I think that is the focus. Not even just the main focus. The focus. I think that is what it is all about. I think the other stuff is just... True, but there stuff. are there are scenes that are solely between the... Couples. The, the couples. So. Yeah, and I think in that regard... Yeah, towards a female audience to show that uh, these women are in love with their man or whatever. But I think it's more yeah. friendship. So, so conclusive statement. Uh, in the Hall of Fame of really meaningful quotes or moments, you don't reckon any of the male characters in this movie would really have a place there? No. Yeah. Okay. That's... I mean, I like Kevin, but... Yeah. Well, I, I guess that would be our conclusion of uh, the discussion of the males. That's that. Hey, the you should be stance. happy. We've torn down the patriarchy. Now let's put up the matriarchy. It's like the third time we've done that on the show. Well, it keeps reforming. <laughs> Didn't we end sexism at one point? Yeah, well, it, it grew back. <laughs> like a cancer. Yeah. Now, see, see, this is what I like about Sally here. I keep calling her Sally from Third Rock Deb. Is I think that she offers a third type of female character that this movie could have deposited us towards like you know what I mean like she is different to Anne Hathaway and she's different to to uh, Kate Hudson like she's a different breed of woman in comparison to those two where in movies like this you could just be stuck like we did a movie called uh, The Wedding Date hmm. which, which is our first chick flick of the show yeah I would say Next to Kangaroo Jack. Next and to Kangaroo Jack. I would say that that movie, our main character in that, kind of resembled more the Kate Hudson type of woman. The uh, Korean. Amy Adams, you mean? In that film? No, not a- Amy Adams would be Anne Hathaway. And- no, Amy Adams wasn't the main character in that movie. She was the sister getting I'm married. sorry, you're right. What was the name of the. The chick who played Grace in Will and Grace. <laughs> Right. Uh, she would have been your Kate Hudson type, the driven, yep. blah, 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 and then they learn to soften up. And I think in a lot of these uh, chick-type flicks, there are these two two or three modes of female characters, which is the Anne Hathaway type, the Kate Hudson type, and maybe one that's... I, I don't necessarily know, but I have to just say there probably is a third type. But I think the Deb character... Even though she's a, a minor, more boisterous. Ca- yeah, she's even though she's a minor and more comedic relief character. I think she's a different type of comedic relief than what we'd get, say, from a Melissa McCarthy type or something like that. Yeah, I was where gonna bring her. This up. woman feels real, and to be honest, I really want to see her movie, Deb's movie, like like this movie where she is kind of the center of everything. Yeah, she because isn't... she's, but she doesn't care. She's kind, of, yeah. Well, she's kind of in. I got this impression of denial because she's like been divorced three times yeah. and things aren't going well for her. And she's she... older than them, so she's more yeah. she's immature, but she's more mature in knowledge as well. I Maybe. think I just really like a movie about her 
struggling. I don't know. I, be- I really you like know her what, Ren? I, be- I believe that you want that because she's she kind of reminds me of your favorite character in Baby's Day Out. You know, the woman really early on in who like gets a delivery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now we've been uh, yeah we've talked a lot, but we haven't talked about the best one of the best people in the film, Kevin. Uh-huh, the uh, fourth male that I forgot. I can't believe it. But I can't believe that I forgot. I can't believe he he was not gay. That's the thing that really got me at the end of this movie. They're like, are you gay? And he's like, I don't like labels. And then he gets made out with. It's like, is he gay or is he not? I was surprised that he's like, yeah. I was actually expecting him to be like, yeah, I am. And I'm like, oh, cool. Also, I was surprised that he and uh, Deb didn't get together, to be honest, because they were both on the same level. Like, Yeah, they were the bridesmaid in quotes because he's yeah not and a... they were both evil and calculating like deb less so like deb knew when to back down i think that what made deb more of a realistic character too where kevin at the end of this movie does something really despicable for reasons that's the best way to describe it yeah well that... deb she gets told off and you know what i really liked i know i'm going on about deb but there's a great moment you said earlier mm-hmm Anne Hathaway gives a giant speech about, it's me, it's my day. Yeah. Can you do that? And then for the rest of the film... She yeah. does that, but no, no, there's something... I can't remember the oh. exact line of it, but she goes, can you do that? And Deb says in a really genuine way, and an actress of lesser quality could have said it in a more like a, I'm afraid because you just yelled at me, or in a derogatory way, but she said it in a genuine way, which was, I would like to. And it just broke my heart a little bit because in this movie, they've set up Deb as someone who does, even though you could argue not, but does want to care more. Like, you know, she, you know, she, she's a dece- she's a deceiving bitch. Don't get me wrong. But there is a line of dialogue with her and Anne Hathaway in which she's like, I wish I could be more like you and all that kind of stuff. And it felt genuine. Like the doctor here. <laughs> the doctor of dance. Who's played... By Paul Shear, who's the husband of June Diane Rayfield, who wrote this movie. And uh, he's in it. And he was also in Year year One as uh, the guy who's obsessed with mud. If you remember that. That was really early on, wasn't it? No, it was really late in the movie when they became slaves. He's like, I just like mud. And he's like, dancing in mud. So I think <laughs> there was something like that, I he, think. His character, he plays that type of character. In this movie, if he really liked mud, it could be the same universe. Is Descendant, where it's one of those films where the same actors play Descendants. Yeah, pretty much. Much like Cloud Atlas. Uh, this is exactly like Cloud Atlas. Which is apparently my favourite movie, if we go by the law. Yeah, well, the it show. is. It's your favourite movie. We should do it on the show. I'd love to see Tom Hanks speak future language. That, that, would, that would be a tricky one, yeah. Because there's, so, there's a lot to that film. You've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to it. My favourite... I know we're not talking about... Bride was, but just going Cloud Atlas. My favorite storyline is of the old people trying to escape their retirement home or whatever it is. Soylent Green is people, yeah. Soylent Green is people, yeah. Uh, Thanks for repeating the exact. Don't you like Chris Pratt's shirt? Oh, you mean bird flying right? Or or depending on your perspective, or is flying left? Long long armed man falling down. (laughs) It's a very artistic shirt, isn't it? Or is it? Weird catfish. Like, these are the things that the costume people are wanting us is to it, know. Is it the, an RPG final boss? Mm. Now, look at this. Now, here's something I would 
Uh, uh, he's yawning, but mm. Mm, now I'm looking at it. Last night, this was the first time I had watched this movie, to be honest. For this show, I'd never seen the movie beforehand. And I saw this photo montage and this narration's telling you that the hell they, like relationships It's like they've been added into the photos because they're moving on a... Yeah, dog. that's why it's like a wedding v- video. I, okay. I... So, so, that montage, I was about to say, was it gives you the idea that the... Anne Hathaway Chris Pratt relationship is going to crumble and their and Kate Hudson's relationship is going to succeed I, at first I watched it and I went mm, the photos could have been more visually telling of like disdain between the two of them but now I've seen it again He's seeing him yawn and him looking off somewhere else does show the He's disinterest got other things in his yeah. mind so this film makes you want to watch it again to see that nuance which just quickly again on um, his disinterest there, it's later mentioned that um, it's not so much that he's you know that much of a real dick, but he's kind of stuck in the past and mm. doesn't really realize it until it's like said straight out to him. Yeah. But when I was looking up stuff about the film, um, a lot of people were describing it as being. Him calling her out on her shit rightfully because he's the only sane man and then getting dumped for it. You know what this movie reminds me of? Yeah? Well, I don't, but tell me. The B movie. Yeah? In the B movie... Oh, yeah, you've told me about this. In the B movie, the most saying. rational person is uh, the human uh, woman's boyfriend played by Patrick Warburton who's like, just speaking real? And he gets dumped for a B Chris Pratt is Patrick Warburton in this movie because I also agreed. I felt like Chris Pratt was speaking sense, mm. and she was just like, "Oh, he's not taking my bullshit anymore." But yeah, but he doesn't understand that this is the bride's day. He doesn't understand, but at the same time, it's also his day as well. Like I think that's the thing I disagreed with this movie on. Like I get it, it is the bride's day, but I think it's both people's day. Like it is, yeah, both of them. You know, obviously the eyes drawn to the woman in this occasion or the bride but I think it is important to realise that it is important for both of them and I think that's what this couple is all about like yeah it's all about her but she knows that he needs to be involved or he needs to be like that's the thing I like about it's more the, than just their relationship yeah. yeah I like their relationship because she's not always bitching about Anne Hathaway to him like they're actually having realistic conversations yeah like he knows that it's about her and it doesn't need to be brought up, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Bartek. Me? If you got married... Say you're I a bride. Do. Say you're a bride. Okay. If we were both women, uh, okay. we were bestest friends and we always dreamed about weddings uh-huh. at the plaza in June, uh-huh. and we both got booked the same day at the same time, uh-huh. would you shift it for me? If I could, yeah. If the option was there, yeah. It's three years away. Would you shift it? I mean, I'd have to consider my... my hold on, my, do I have a husband or another woman? Like, am I gay or what? No, you're a woman. Yeah, but am I marrying another woman? No, you know, you're marrying a man. Okay, well, I have to consider also that my man wants to get married, so, you know... Yeah, but he's a man, so yeah. he he's, he's relaxed. Okay, he's kind of like just a satellite around me. So like... you would shift, huh? If you I, let if me I... have it first? If I could yeah but then End I, I film. guess but I guess <laughs> I guess then I'd ask would you be willing to shift it for me nah fuck you <laughs> kind of like are we friends da, 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 fight <laughs> I mean we could have a double wedding 
Nah, I'm not some 41-year-old woman. Well, in that case, my husband-to-be and I will go to space. We were aliens all along, by the way. I knew it. Because you're from Poland. Yes. We, we don't... Which is a space country. We don't even have June. We just, you know... Uh, look at that. She changed it to blood orange. It's fucking red. Uh, that's a reference to a show. In case you didn't know. Have you heard about the blood orange thing? It's like, I can't remember. It's some, like, fashion designer show. And this woman's like, I'm going to make this dress blood orange. It's like this really effeminate gay guy. It's like, blood orange. It's fucking red. I mean, I've drunk in blood, blood orange. orange drinks. but So I, I would have thought it would be, you know, a reference to that. I like how orange she gets throughout the movie. Like, it, mm. it, it gets more and more. Yeah, she doesn't go the full Trump, but... She goes orange. Almost. Actually, she goes kind of beyond, doesn't she? No, because at least her eyes are done. Yeah, she doesn't have that blonde hair to kind of you know, make it a bit... Are you suggesting that Donald Trump could have played Anne Hathaway's character with as much subtlety and ease? Yeah, he would have been like... You know, can you imagine uh, his portrayal of this <laughs> movie where she's like, you don't have a spine. He's like... That's not true. Wrong. Wrong. You know what? Your wedding is going to be huge. Just like your ass at prom. <laughs> and then and then at the end of the movie when he doesn't get married, it's like, you're still in love with someone from 10 years ago. I've built a wall since then. You're going to pay for that. And it's like, walks on. I've built a wall since then. And the other party is going to pay for no, it. No, no, no. The guy's like, he's talking to his future wife or husband or whatever. And he's like, you're still in love with me from 10 years ago. And you know, in this movie, they say goodbye to each other. Yeah. Not a problem. He'll be like, goodbye, Fletcher. No, he goes, hold on, hold on. Grabs his phone and tweets it. <laughs> and then goes, see ya. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, ah, fake love. <laughs> I would watch that the... was not real love that was fake love and it would be called pride wars <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of that and then, in the, and then in the epilogue scene he's pregnant and you know no no it shh oh sorry the other spoiler <laughs> in this one when he sees like the tape on on his yeah. one, it'll be the tape of him saying the grab you by the pussy line, and he'll be like, oh! and he like runs holding on to his hair, and he grabs he grabs one of those chairs that you get from the WWE, and just wails on Kate Hudson because it's still Kate Hudson in this movie. Everything's the same, but yeah. like Chris Pratt's in love with Donald Trump. Well, I mean, the one difference would be that, like, on uh, Wikipedia, this would have the tag at the bottom of LGBT characters and film, <laughs> and it would be progressive. You're assuming Trump's not playing a woman. Oh, I see. He's in a dress. <laughs> He's wearing every single outfit that she wears in this movie. Mm. But it's him. Mm. He does this dance sequence as well. But he puts on real handcuffs on her. <laughs> He's like, you're under arrest. We go look at looky look at your emails. <laughs> Naughty, yeah. No he hacks. Return, he hacks into her emails and sends them to all of her work <laughs> colleagues, and she gets fired. Yeah, I'd watch that movie now. And look, the police are already involved. Yeah. So, 
Did you think that we were going to see DJ? Uh, oh, I thought you were going to. Do you think that was a real police officer? It's a real policeman. Did you know? Did you did you think we were going to see DJ? What was his name? Feel good, humble. No, DJ humble, the DJ that they both wanted. Because for some reason, I was under the impression that like they were just talking about a CD. So no, <laughs> but I don't know why. Like it was your CD way to get humble. the real guy, but I don't know. Now, I was a bit surprised at Hannah Hathaway's tactic here to win. I thought she was actually going to do something like, like, uh, schemy, but instead she just got drunk and outdanced her. Yeah, and she's very different from the doormat character that we assumed that yeah. she was. I mean, well, she is. She's but... orange now. Yeah, she's gone the full. She's used her trump card. Oh. <laughs> Show me your birth certificate. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Was it him that wanted to see that? Yeah, and then he denied that he ever wanted to see it in the first place. <laughs> oh, okay. That so, was a long time ago. Yeah. So, one of my favourites... Uh, now we're going on about Trump. How terrible. One of my favourites of his, someone posted, was like... Uh, you know, he was saying something about like... Uh, watching, watching the Oscars... Uh, the worst then watching the Oscars while there's the worst president ever and this is like oh this 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 tweet has not aged very well <laughs> <laughs> so oh, Bartek who did you think won the dance um I mean the film kind of says Anne Hathaway who did won. you think won the dance the who one... did you think stepped up I, I, maybe the one who didn't walk away sadly defeated ah so the policeman won, huh? Yeah. He's jolly chipper for... Well, like, he's kind of serious there, actually. Well, now he's dancing. Now he's happy? Because when she ducked down, she was like, you know, arms crossed, serious in the dark, and it was like, whoa, that's kind of menacing, and his sunglasses were on, but now he's, you know, back normal. Now, here's something I've got to ask you. Is this a conspiracy? The Friends. Yeah? Not Friends TV show, Friends. Oh, yeah, we haven't... Oh, wait, the TV show Friends? No, or? not that one. Because we haven't talked about the Friends in this film. What do you think about... The the complex situation they're put in. If it was you, what would you do? If you're put into their situation where you have to choose on a level. I think what they... Personally, I think I would do what they did. Where you'd go to one's thing and the other's reception. Yeah, make it not so much an um, emotional thing, but like actually cookie-cutter, clear-cut... Uh, make a decision not so much based on emotions but about you know diplomacy like they're not picking their favorite one they're you know evening it up like we're going to in a way attend both yeah and i think that's noble yeah i actually really like that because that's an aspect that you could in a comedy like this play with and they don't they say no 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 let's have their friends be nice because it could be such a bitch fest. Thanks, Budget. It could be such a bitch fest to have the friends be played into it like chess pieces. It's it's great that they're not. They're just there. Or, or yeah, all waypoints. Like, they go to the one who's, like, meant to be the better one. And it's, like, yeah. really on the nose. Yeah. But if you were their friends and you had to choose which one, which one? Um... I, maybe if I was at the hen's night and I saw what went down, maybe I'd feel sorry for Liv and go to hers and be like, yeah, yeah you're kind of the bigger woman. Kind of like what you said, mm. how you kind of changed sides. But if I didn't go to the hen's night and didn't really know what happened there, maybe Emma's 
Yeah. Just because, you know, I feel sorry for the doormatty ones. Like, finally, this is your day. Now, Bartek, if I went to a business meeting with blue hair... Yeah, you know what? When I watched this film two nights ago, I was wondering, hold on, she was wearing a shirt before. Where did it go? But now I realise... I said the exact same thing, too. Yeah. I watched it, and my girlfriend's like... It makes sense. She's wearing it on her head. And I'm like, oh... I thought she went to her office and grabbed some sort of towel or yeah, something. I thought, oh, like, that makes sense. I thought, like, I wasn't paying attention. Like, oh, did she run all the way to work in... In that, in yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Like, what happened? And I, and to be honest, I'm a guy. I'm pretty sure I would have noticed mm. if that was the case. Her, her hair's falling out, Bartek. It's falling out of her fucking head. It's just a few locks. Ah, she'll be fine. I mean, it doesn't go anywhere. It's just that, those few locks, isn't it? Yeah, well, she'd have to get the Trump wig at the end of this movie. <laughs> but she's not the one that went orange. No, but in the end, we all go orange under a Trump administration. Well, you know what they say. Orange is the new... I'm new grabbing by the pussy. <laughs> so... Grabbing by the pussy. Patek, when you were told by me that we're going to watch Bride Wars... Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about like how this subverted expectations, but did you have any idea of what you were going to be going into before having to watch this? Um, I suppose I walked in think and like looking at the poster as well. That that's basically all I looked at. Like I felt like the title gave me what I you know what, what, you what the experience was going to be. I kind of maybe I would have thought that it would be a lot more bitchy. Maybe thinking that the Kind of like when I heard the title Boy Next Door. Maybe I assumed that they'd be a bit younger, not so very much into their careers. Like, one's yeah. a teacher full-time, and one's a lawyer. Yeah, and I think that's... Like, young 20s, maybe, and they'd be a bit more bitchy, you know, still getting into adult life. And you had you, before going into this, heard of its bad reputation as a film? I think you might have mentioned it at some point, because when you said Bride Wars... Like, the title just said so much that I assumed that I'd heard of it somewhere, but, you know, I maybe I, I just kind of assumed by, you know, the fact that we're doing it for this show, the fact that it sounds like it's going to be a really bitchy film would mean that, like, not a lot of people would like it, but maybe there'd be, like, a certain demographic of women who'd find it funny. Yeah, That's yeah. That's kind of what I was walking into thinking. I didn't think it would necessarily... No, I did. I was going to say I didn't think it would necessarily be a chick flick, but yeah, I, I would have thought that. I walked into it knowing that it was a critically panned film. I like, there's a re- British uh, film critic called Mark Commode, and he does a really great, you know, one of my favourites is when he when he does really long reviews that rip into a terrible movie. If you're interested, check out his review of Entourage, the movie. It's great. And this was one of those where he reviewed this movie and just completely ripped it apart and it was really hilarious to hear him rip it apart. But there was something within me that said, no, I, I think that this movie... I looked into it a little bit and I saw it had an average rating on IMDb. Nothing flash, nothing bad. And I said, let's give it a chance, you know? Like, hey, just because it's this seeming, person ripped it... seemingly into, doesn't deserve an yeah. And if it does warrant the bad ripping into well that means there must be good stuff underneath as well that's always what I think of when we watch these movies and to be honest the things that he rips into yeah sure they're there but not as bad as one would perceive it from what he has to say and I think that is 
what I went into. I went in knowing someone else's perception and got my own at the end of it. And I think that's really a rewarding oh, well, we, experience. We've, we've kind of done that when we bring up like midnight screenings we've watched for like Annie and A Winter's Tale and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think that's the glorious thing about movie making. <clears throat> you know, like a good movie will give you your own emotions mm-hmm. that it wants you to have, but like you feel them on your own. And it's, it's, nice, it's nice to walk into a lot of these films blind. So, Chris Pratt is now yelling at her, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, this is the real turning point for Chris, isn't it? This is when we realise he's not, they're not okay. Yeah, this is kind of the conclusive one. Like, the fact, I think it's really the cherry on top of this whole scene is just him being like, whatever, I don't want to talk, and then he just goes to gym. It's like, yeah, this film's kind of, you know, waypointing that this might not work out. It, it kind of reminded me of when we did the episode on the wedding date and I kept saying like oh I didn't realise that the gigolo and her would get together I thought he was just going to be this magical gigolo that like makes everything well and then Rachel had that comment of like you clearly haven't watched enough romantic comedies and (laughs) I feel like when I was watching this I had like oh this isn't going to work out she's going to get with the brother who she has ridiculously good chemistry with for some reason well it's because it's a best friend's brother I mean you know, yeah, but everyone, everyone, if they, uh, oh, wait, wait, hold on a sec. See this, Bartek? Yeah. Early on the movie, the iPod. And Hathaway was like, no, people run with iPods. Uh, people are running away from their feelings and thoughts. And here, she is doing that. Because at this point in the movie, she has to at this point. You know, she's. I, I couldn't had... remember who said the thing earlier in the film. I thought it was the other one, but mm-hmm. no, the it? fact that it was her, that means, uh, that means a lot more. Everything means a lot in this movie. Mm. You know? Like, I like this whole sequence here of uh, Kevin just acknowledging who it is and then not actually knowing who it was that phoned. Like, yeah. classic Kevin. Look at this. Oh, Kevin, you're such a forgetful Freddy. She's got a B around her neck. It's Kevin, it's, not it's... Freddy. Jeez. Well, the B stands for Bartek. She knows I'm watching. Why does she have a B? I just told you. She knows no, but seriously. What I don't is... know. There, there seems to be two. Wait, is it actually a B or is it just squares? But it was a B. If it is B, what does it stand for? Because her name's Emma and her best friend's name is Liv. Well, there's a second one, so maybe there's another initial there. Hey. Hey. Is Anne Hathaway Jewish in this movie? Is she Jewish in real life? I don't know, but I got very confused that her father rocks up. And uh, maybe I'm just stereotyping. Like, I, I, I'm not... His last name's Alan, right? Is it? Alan's or something? I don't remember the last names, but he rocks up to Kate Hudson and he's like, I can't remember the exact language he used, but I know maybe I'm just wrong. Look, I don't know much about the Jewish faith, but I know it wasn't necessarily a Christian thing he was doing as much, but he was just saying it is like going on about like uh, going over there, talk to her, you know, and wishing her luck as like part of the tradition of his faith and I'm like what is this? Did you say faith or generation? Generations I can't remember but there's something about it where I'm like that feels like a very uh, in my brain a very Jewish thing to do and I'm like are they Jewish? Because the dad he could be Jewish I thought I thought he was just referring I, I thought it was like implying that he was friends with Liv's parents and like that was his way of saying 
oh, they'd be proud of you this day too. I know that. Ah. That's how I interpreted it. But maybe everyone's Jewish deep down. True, but I am a genius, Ryan, because I did a quiz on this film. Oh, good. Was one of them, are they Jewish? Oh, no, no. The, the questions were not very remarkable at all, but I got 100% on this quiz, and the statement that the quiz gave me was, Whoa, stop the press! Okay, You're... stopping it. Huh? I'm stopping them. Yep, and that's all caps and two exclamation marks, Ryan, so it's that serious. <clears throat> Whoa. You're, wrong you're, on Bride Wars Crazy Island in the Grand Suite. You must really know the Bride Wars. Huh? So I think I'm a pretty good authority on this film, based on that alone. Apart from uh, when it comes to tagging things in stores. And Kevin. And Kevin. <laughs> and Kevin. So, this is where they're setting up this brother character. And I'll be honest, I didn't know who this was when he rocked up again, because it was yeah, too long he, since I'd seen him. He appeared at the... Uh, diner. Diner the day when, before she got... And then he was getting his accounts done by Chris Pratt. And then he was playing Xbox with the other one. But he's no fine between one another, so... It's like when he's the centre of the scene, he stands out. But when he's not, he's just there. Because all the guys kind of have, like, the same coloured hairs, and they're all white, so they kind of just look the yeah, same. Yeah, we should have had Wesley Snipes play her brother, and never comment on it. Or Dev Patel. Dev Patel's pretty good. Nah, he would have been too young at this point. Little this was about Slumdog Millionaire. He was doing Slumdog Millionaire when this came out. was a few years before. Was it? Maybe. Hold on to that. Oh no. You've got a review, don't you? <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be honest. There were several reviews that were like, although this should not win Best Picture over what will win, Slumdog Millionaire. Well, shit, I set myself up for that, didn't I? Uh, yeah. So you he set a landmine you didn't know about. Plus, think about it. This film was, what, eight years ago? Yes, 2009 was eight years ago. So, yeah, this is a long time. So, And how old is Dave Patel? Not that old. It's Dev. Dev Patel. Now, David know. Patel, my David favorite. Patel. How old is he? I don't know. I'd, I'd give him like a majority of a decade older than us, maybe. Yeah, he like early 30s. I wouldn't go that far. Early 30s? We're not early 20s. Because we're older than early 20s. I'm pretty sure he's older than us by a bit. Nah, he's not 35. Oh, no. I, I did, you were saying early 30s, and I was like, yeah. no, that's too old. Yeah, well, you said a decade older than us. I said majority of a decade. Oh, that means over five years, fine. but less than he's ten. He's 22 years old. Fine, we're nailing it. No, he's seven. Well, just, he must have been... Seven. Wait, wait, wait. How old do you have to be to enter Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? We have to figure it out by that. What's the youngest he could be to enter that in well, I mean, Slumdog acting. Millionaire? Huh? I haven't actually seen Slumdog Millionaire, so... Oh. It's, but you like him? That's his best movie. It's the one where he's in it the most. I think that's my problem with He it. was good in Marigold and Lion. Yeah, but he's not in them as much, is he? I mean, he's basically the main character of Lion, and he's pretty prominent in Marigold Hotel. Yeah, prominent. Yeah. But he's a main Prominent character. means, you know, noteworthy. Yeah. I know, you have to see, you have to see it. You have to see Slumdog. I have the book, but I've never read it. Are you get again, what is it with him where he stars in movies where you think he's a lead actor, but it's actually a child that's in it for good portions of it? The Lion one is kind of debatable, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. But the Oscars seems to acknowledge that he's the best supporting actor mm. nominee, so... Because the real and actor. He, and he himself has said, oh, yeah, that kid's pretty good. But that kid, he's not in it for the second half, so... 
It's kind of that weird. It's weird. It's everything's weird in Hollywood. But Lion is a very good movie, and I think that Deb Tell should have gotten the best supporting actor Oscar. Really? I take yeah. that the guy from Moonlight. Which, by the well, the guy from Moonlight did sell me on the film, admittedly. But... Mm, he's a very good actor. He's in the TV show Luke Cage, and he's very good in that. And he's been in a number of... St- he's one of those actors... You ever see this? Mr. Allen. Mr. Allen. Oh, no. He's one of those actors that just randomly appeared in everything all at once for me. Like, I saw him in Luke Cage. He was in Moonlight. And I swear he's in some other movie that came out last year as well that was like a... A minor. Oh no, he's in Hidden Figures as well. I oh. think so. He's like in everything, like at once. So yeah, mm. that that's Mr. Allen. It's short for Allenstein. Hey, Allen could be Jewish. You don't know. You don't Allenberg, Goldelin. Hey, Maya. I don't know. <laughs> Fox. Fox. It's very yeah. Uh... I just want to pass on that blessing from our generation, not just for myself, but from your dead parents! Uh, who... Oh, (laughs) I got the impression from when he said, my dear friends, I guess. Yeah, good luck, sweetheart. Also, I'm not going to give it from my wife, who is in this movie, by the way. She just doesn't like you. Well, his his wife knows what it's like to be a bride. It's it's the bride's day. (laughs) You know what happened, don't you? She was having her mum, both their mums were best friends that dreamt of having a wedding in the plaza in June. Mm-hmm. And they got booked on the same date. And their story didn't end too well, where Anne Hathaway's mum not only killed Kate Hudson's mum, but also her dad. Damn. I know. This is, this is crazy. It's like, no point it's like everything's it. happened before. Yeah, you know Have we done this episode before, Ryan? We're in a loop. Are we in an infinity loop? We're in a loop. Wait, I I just realised that I brought my one-time use only time machine today. Could it be that at the end of we're this... We're in a loop. Could it be that at the end of this episode we're accidentally going to go back in time and do this episode all over again? We're in a loop. Yes? No? I mean, that's not how loops work. That's just you repeating things. <laughs> Maybe I'm looped <laughs> in that sentence. But then you'd be saying it... Hello, listening people! Welcome to Spinbox Presents! That's not how we start episodes. Let's do it genuinely. We're in a loop. (laughs) (laughs) I set him up and he didn't go for it. (laughs) No. I even remembered how I greeted her. I said Halo today, so I would have said it. Because Halo was in this movie. I, I didn't know that. Well, you clearly didn't go on IMDb and look at the references list. No, I didn't. Did you know that Kate Hudson actually slapped Anne Hathaway during one of the scenes and Anne Hathaway yes. had to wear an ice pack? Yes, because that wasn't in the references. That was in the trivia. Well, that's is what po- I think of that. That was, that was just a fact. You're a fact. A fact off. <laughs> so, at this point, we're gearing up towards the magical weddings and... Do you think the plaza is as beautiful as you were expecting it to be? No, but that's not really the point. The point is that they have, you know, this childhood romanticism about how they saw a wedding at this hotel and they think that was wonderful and they want that for themselves, even if objectively it's not, you know, anything that great. Yeah. Hey... It's an underdog story. This movie is an underdog story for the Plaza Hotel. Do you ever get a sad feeling that 
the couple that they saw get married could have had a terrible life. Mm-hmm. Like they might have idolized people who who had a sad marriage, divorced. They built their fundamental ideas of wedding and life around a, a couple they don't even know. I don't know. Maybe maybe things got severed with them. Like you know, all of their limbs got cut off one by one, and they died really gorily. Gorily. <laughs> yeah, I think so. They got murdered in the murder hotel. In the plaza, in June. and and the murderous rapist that was raped, by the way, uh, drank their blood. Oh, wait! Did the rapist get raped? No, 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 no. The murderer was also a rapist. Ah, uh, of both of them. There you go. So here, Anne is realizing. Oh, there's Kate, and Kate realizes. Oh, there's Anne. This is like one of the most emotional scenes you could see in a movie because. Their faces are telling the story. This is visual storytelling it's in like its finest. They believe that they are beyond everything. They the, the war of the titular war. Yeah, and Anne Hathaway is realizing maybe this isn't what I want either. Well, I mean, I think she's more realizing, you know, that her friendship is not worth killing. Yeah, more so than that they're not made for each other. But she does definitely. Uh, come up to that conclusion in a few minutes. Yeah, and then up, this guy interrupts it. Interrupts her possible no to being happy, and maybe that's the good thing. Maybe, maybe we need guys like him in the world to interrupt us from saying no. I'm no, here. Ryan, we do not need guys uh, like okay. him. No, we have to go and do your wedding. Come on. So, this movie leaves us on a high note, doesn't it, Vartek? Mm-hmm. It's... It leaves us on an all-in brawl. Also, I really thought at the end they were, they were going to get married to each other. I mean, and we kind of haven't really brought that up, the whole tension, but, well, I mean... We've the sexual, the lesbianic tension? You're right. Like, you know, the fact that their names in the credits were above a bride and groom, how mm. a few minutes later, as children, they were dressed as a bride and groom. And even though I didn't watch it, uh, I think apparently in the trailer there was some suggestive line that like, oh, they're getting married with each other or something. Or, I don't know. No. And then they are married with each other. I would have loved it if this movie ended in... See, if I, I guess Jess was here, who really campaigns for lesbianism in movies. You know, and that's why I felt this was really appropriate because in the Vampire Academy movie, and I agreed with her there, and I think I would agree with her here, that like... I'll be Jess. Were... I'll be Jess. I reckon there should have been some lesbianism in this. A little bit of the finger up the vagina. Me too. The end. Good improv. That was an improv. That was actually Jess. Oh, no. But your hair isn't done for like 15 minutes. Yeah, that's why it looks shit. Oh, no, Ryan, you're getting a bit emotional. You get, you, are you a bride? <laughs> Bartek, this is my day. This is my moment. Don't interrupt it. This is me in my finest... Down. Girl, you are very beautiful. You're, you're going to really make men happy. And uh, even audience wants to clap. Yay! Woo! And they look like they just had sex. <laughs> yeah. See, these are things. But this movie ends on a high note by giving us the idea of, hey. Baby goes to March 3rd. Yeah, which is not in June. Isn't that weird? Well, I mean, it's nine months from June. Yeah. 
So So they did the math. But it's a year later. It's nine months later. Well, I mean, yeah, but no, because no, they it had says to... a year later yeah, and they both announced because they had to do, do they had to, you know, conceive at the same time. That's the Yeah, and they thing. also had to build up Anne Hathaway does not get with Chris Pratt and they give a year's time so that way she can now be married to her brother in an excellent piece of dialogue which is Ah, now that you're married to my brother, which yes. is one of the greatest lines of dialogue. Great. And it also means that Liv waited a year before she got prego, but Anne Hathaway did not wait a year. She right. went nah, quick. Nah, Anne Hathaway's a slut. We just saw her to her, her video. To the man that she's going to marry, her one and only. We just saw the video. That's why Chris Pratt's really upset, because he knew that she's just going to be the type of woman to get pregos. Instantly. Like, you just... Just stick it there and babies coming out two seconds later. That's why he, he looks like a really sad Sour Patch kid right now. Mm. Look at him. <laughs> so, yeah, I really didn't know it was Chris Pratt until after the movie was over and I looked it up. Oh, man. So Chris Pratt. Maybe because he's being all serious and we're not used to that. No, the thing is, this movie ends with the possibility of baby wars, which is my favourite idea. Someone, I can't remember if it's in a review... Baby goes to war. The review that I have, but someone wrote pregnancy wars, and I'm like, no, baby wars. Jesus, get it together. In which it will be like a, like boyhood. Like, the film will be a three-hour epic about these children's lives, but it's actually about their mothers competing, like they did in this weddings type... I haven't thought about boyhood in long time yeah that's why I didn't get best picture yeah. and um, <laughs> yeah Slash and Bam mate sorry Link later I know you spent 12 years mate but try again I so- should see it though what I, I want to see it though oh well there you go oh she took off the ring but no I think it would be great if they did a boyhood style movie where it took 12 years where these kids are growing up and whatever and Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson are like at different points in their kids lives Competing against each other, making their kids fight against each other unwillingly and unno- and not noticing. Yeah. And then when they grow up, they grow up to have a Batman Joker style relationship, and they don't know why. The the kids. Yeah. No, the mum. The mums. And then and then their mums are like really evil, bitter women who are still best friends though. They become. So like everyone's parents. They become what's the favorite character? Deb. Nah, nah. Deb isn't. Deb isn't cynical. That's not Deb. I feel like she would be if she maybe didn't drink. No, but that's not Deb. Deb so. drinks. Deb's happy. Deb knows who Deb is. Mm. You know what we would watch? Deb married to Dave Patel. <laughs> and I would watch that. Deb Patel. Yeah, Deb and Patel. And in the exotic Deb Patel. <laughs> in which... He has to get used to how tall she is because he's relatively short. And and he he she just has to get used to the fact that she's no longer an independent woman in the regards that she used to know. And just to, you know, circle out the trifecta of references, his best friend in the film is Donald Trump. And also he invents robotic cops called Chappie and he has to deal with that while Hugh Jackman's inventing his own robots. It's a real mess. And James Franco is high in the background. Isn't he like that in real life? So, is this a documentary? Yeah, but if you look throughout the footage, you'll see him every now and then. Yeah, if you look throughout the footage of our lives, you'll see James Franco high in the background. This is just becoming a nature documentary now. (laughs) And it's like, and here we have a 
James Franco in his natural habitat. His natural habitat. Look as he rolls up the blunt that's handed to him by his co-breeding partner, the Rogan of the Seth variety. Over there, you have his much younger and slightly more talented brother, Dave Franco. Not yet as high as the James Franco breed, but still, still smiling. I love that. Just the Dave Franco sanctuary. Yeah. When James is allowed in there to smoke up every now and then, but not too many times. You don't want to poison the, the, the poor Dave Franco. Poison the watering hole. And don't you like how she walks her down the aisle in the dress? See, this is the... You can recut this to make it really look like a bunch of lesbians got married. Not two, just a bunch. Yeah, but wouldn't one of the people getting married have to be waiting at the aisle? Like, yeah, but... Or is it going to be like a thing of like, well, the bride, you know, walks up to them, but they're both brides, so they both walk up hey, to did them? you feel sorry for Deb? Uh, Deb, Deb? Deb just got shafted in all of this. Well, I mean, you know, I feel like she grew as a character. She'd be happy that uh, um, Emma has, you know, kind of sorted out her emotions. Yeah, but look, Deb's joining in in this conversation. Like, she wanders over to the bitchy friends. Like, the one who's now... The woman getting married at the start, June Diane Rayfield, is now getting divorced. Like, it's the nature... Were we complimenting this movie that the friends weren't bitchy? Yeah, but that one was bitchy. Yeah. Like, oh, was that the married one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was a cunt. <laughs> she was a, she was a likable in. And the Deb and her would get on really great with one another. I feel like Deb's a bit more upbeat than that woman well, though. But we don't know what Deb's like when she's married, uh, and we don't know what that woman's like when she's single. Yeah, and Deb's been divorced three times, so she like knows where she's going. Yeah, she can give her advice on how to get more money out of her man. You gotta make sure you're paid less. Yeah, I feel like, you know. The movie, damn, there you go, center of the fray, baby. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie, you know. I went into it, and our guest cancelled out, and I was a bit bummed out. I was like, how are we going to talk about a movie like this? Because we are two guys, and I think what we've done on this show is we've had a lot of movies. Bartek said this to me before we started the movie. We had a lot of movies in the past, especially early on, that really focused on the idea of friendship. Yeah. Friendship triumph being triumphant over any situation. And this movie deals with something very specific, which is sisterhood. The idea of that is very prominent in these female empowerment type of movies. And We've seen brotherhood a lot in these movies. We've seen it in Kangaroo Jack. We've seen it in a bunch of stuff. And this is the first real movie that really jumped fully into sisterhood. And I think it's really refreshing to see that. Because as a guy, the idea of that is not appealing. If I said, Bartek, let's go watch a chick flick that's about sisterhood and commercialism and capitalism and all this, you're not really going to bite but this movie, like I've been saying throughout, really subverts it all. It really... Like, it plays it fully. It does everything you expect it to do, but it does them in ways that you wouldn't necessarily see in a movie uh, in a movie like this. Mm. It's... It's one hell of a movie. It is. Now, do you believe in love? And they hug... <sighs> movie ended I was really expecting an after credit sequence in which Chris Pratt discovers that he is in fact a guardian of our galaxy but no this uh, is not reckon, a Marvel movie you reckon this is a prequel yeah it's an Im- yeah it's a prequel 
okay, I see. So, the movie's now ended. We're going to give our ratings and our reviews, or reviews and ratings, and then we are going to read some reviews from IMDb and some comments from YouTube. Uh, this, you know, I- I'm going to just... I'm feeling the buzz, but I'm just going to leap into my review. Go, dude. I've said a lot about this movie throughout, throughout the... Throughout the run of this episode, it does everything it can, and it plays with every restriction as well that a movie like this has within it. There are restrictions in movies. When you enter a certain genre or subgenre, you are restricted in what you can and can't do. But that doesn't mean you can't play around with those things that you can do within the genre. And I feel like this is an example of a film that does that perfectly. This is a film that plays with realism and fiction at the same time. The beauty of sisterhood with also the vile underneath it. With each friendship, there is the idea of positives, there is positives and negatives. A friendship can't always be giggling and laughter and holding hands. There's going to be times in which you're going to disagree wholeheartedly, and you could even try and break your friendship over, but if it's a true friendship, you'll persevere and grow stronger. And that's what this movie's about. And I... I think it's a beautiful message for not just women or young girls out there, but for everyone. I think this is actually a film that it is unappreciated because it is a chick flick and it has baggage that comes with that. But when you actually watch it as a film, it's great. I think at the end of the day that this film is just damned for all eternity because of the genre and how it has been negatively portrayed in previous installments of female empowerment genre related chick flicks but within every genre with every style with any type of music film art you can't just disparagingly say i hate all country music because you only know a certain spectrum of it there's something out there that will appeal to someone and i think this is that for chick flicks if i had to give it a rating if I if I had to give it a rating, Vartek, it's really it's really hard with a movie like this. And uh, I would say that I would give it a blood orange tan out of electric blue hair. Yummy. So, my review of this film, uh, you know, I felt like when I watched this film, I really. Maybe I grew, or maybe it was just a reflective experience of me realising that I have grown. It was a film that, like we said, it's been a while since we've really focused on the friendship aspect of the film. You know, the first four films we've done, you know, there was the friendship between Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes, this kind of, like, intergender kind of thing. Then you had Rupert Grint and uh, the beautiful Patrick Smash... And that was this really more eccentric type. And then you had Kangaroo Jack, which was this really buddy-buddy kind of one where you, like, looked at the themes of their friendship. And then you had the Master and Slave from... Just Visiting. I almost said Nothing But Trouble, Just Visiting. You're Nothing But Trouble. Uh, Nothing But Trouble had too much friendship for us to even acknowledge. But in this film, it, it does have those, you know... I was going to say lesbianic, but kind of 
it, it really looks at a bunch of relationships in many lights. Like, it, it acknowledges that sometimes you're fixed on the past, sometimes you're with someone, even though some people might look from an outside perspective and think, why are they together? It's... It's a film that really, really makes me think. And you know, earlier in the film, I brought up that Anne Hathaway does not like this film, or at least doesn't seem to like this film based on that quote. Mm. The hideously commercial, grotesquely so. Which, that's four words, and three of them are pretty long, so good on me for remembering. Good on you, mate. Um, It is a flaw of mine, you know, long words, but... Like I said, I've grown, and I feel like this movie right here taught me that. And and I realise now why people don't like it, why Anne Hathaway doesn't like it, and why I like it. <laughs> it's It was just so obvious, and I've, I've only just realised it now. And, you know, in lieu of a rating, Ryan... Yeah. Bride Wars, I give you my hand in marriage. Will you marry me? Yes. And audience in the background. Aww. Aww. Unfortunately, your wedding date is the same date as Ryan's wedding date with the wedding date. Yes, but we're, we're both guys, so we're fine. It's it. fine. It's the movies that will have yeah. war. Ill them. Ill them. Ill them. Ill them. <laughs> Alright, so that was it, huh? Yes. I'm, I'm going to read... Um, Bartek, I've only got four reviews, so the first one is a quite a, a bit of a long one, so I'm going to go with that, and then you can read some YouTube comments, and we'll kind of alternate from there. This is a negative review, yes? I do have some negative comments from people, because we do have to reflect upon what people have to say negatively about this movie, because criticism, positive or negative, have truth within them. And this is called Plot Hole Ruins Film. Sadly... It's No Dark Knight. Two stars. Okay. Bride Wars is a romantic comedy about a classic American rite of passage. The battle between two best friends who, through circumstances far beyond their control, can only get married on the same day for some reason. Let me just say that I have been excited to see this movie since before it was even announced. On opening night, I arrived at the theatre promptly at midnight in my bride costume. Sadly, I must report that I was among the few that actually took the extra step to dress up. Apparently, <laughs> apparently wearing costumes to opening night is a dying tradition in American culture. Because if you're not getting in costume for Bride Wars... What are you holding out for? Your own wedding? Please. Nobody is going to see that. Oh, it's that type of negative review. <laughs> as much as I wanted this film to be the next Dark Knight, there was an obvious plot hole that was impossible to overlook. Frankly, it ruins the entire movie. I was actually embarrassed to be wearing the bridal gown when the movie was over. The dramatic conflict is created by the two best friends who want to get married on the same day. The question burning in the audience's collective mind is, why doesn't one bride simply kill the other? If If Hollywood and MTV have taught us anything, and they have taught us everything, (laughs) it is that weddings are the single most important thing to any woman ever. Weddings 
trump money, love, and new shoes, children, and most of all, friendship. Weddings are the only thing that gives a woman meaning in a shallow, shoe-centric life. In fact, I only know of one girl who would not murder her best friend if her friend was preventing her from having a wedding on a specific day, and that's only because she has no friends. Uh, sorry, Back just... me up what? on this, ladies. <laughs> Wait, can you say that again? In fact, I only know of one girl who would not murder her best friend if her friend was preventing her from having a wedding on a specific day. And that's because... And that's only because she has no friends. See, I know, I see where she was trying to go, but she brought up the whole aspect of there's still a friend preventing... Back me up on this, ladies. I know what you're going to say. Tom... <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I agree with There's a lot. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. The bri- he wore a bridle? <laughs> I know what you're about to say. Tom, I agree with everything you just said, but if one of the brides killed the other one, the movie would have been short. Maybe you're right faceless reader of this blog, but at least it would have been real. I, it would have been so easy for them to do it too. A mail bomb, poison, hire a hitman, poison by mail, or scissors to the back of the head while they were clipping wedding coupons. Another solution would be for one of the brides to kill the other's groom. No groom equals no marriage. That's just smarts. The consequences of this would have created a deliciously dramatic situation, as it would leave a vengeful, fiancé-less woman who would crash the other girl's wedding drunk and right before the vows, telling everyone, you know what, she killed my fiancé. And they spell, what are you gonna do? What do you think about that as in one word with D's and Y's? What do you think about that? Or she might pay a homeless man $20 to marry her and continue with the wedding as planned, just out of spite. You see, faithless readers, there is plenty of drama in reality. Hollywood has no need to insult us with such contrived endings, such as the two girls resolving their differences and becoming friends again in the end. No more, Hollywood! We want real! We demand the promised bloodshed that you have promised us! One out of five stars. Yeah, because it has war in the title. Is this the guy from the Deck the Halls IMDb message board who really thought that the sailors should have been marines so that they could kick the ass of uh, no, JTT? But his, his email is guywhoreviewsmovies.com That sounds familiar. So, uh, Bartek, hit us with some of yours. Um, a lot of the comments... In fact, only, there's only one that even has, like, a shred of negativity, I think, <gasps> that I've collected. Um, a lot of them liked this movie a lot. And this person is hopeful for the future, or at least wants there to be a future. Aww. And this has a response as well. The initial comment is... They should make a tuned one called Baby Wars with the same people in it. I think it would be a good film. Mm-hmm. They wanted second, but they wrote tuned. They put a knee <laughs> in there. And the response is, funniest comment I've read all day. That's weird because 
they didn't read any other comments that day, so it really yeah. is the funniest. And you know what? Some other people also have opinions about the ending. Like this comment here, which is in all caps and ends with three exclamation marks. I love the ending! <laughs> <laughs> and this is where I get to the comment. The longest comment I have that has just a teeny weeny bit of negativity to it. Damn you, negativity. I know this is a romantic comedy and I love it. I love acting and funny scenes. That's a good quality to have. I like those things I like, too, mate. I love acting and funny scenes, but I think that I am the only one who's seen when Emma said, your wedding will be huge, just like your ass at the prom, was more sad than funny. <laughs> Not than, but then. Then. It was sad, and then it became funny. It was specifically a time-related thing. Yes. <clears throat> I know it was supposed to be funny, but I find it very bad for best friend who probably was telling to you that you are not fat finally opens up <laughs> to the you because you are in the fight. Dot, dot, dot. I don't know. I think I'm drama queen, I guess, but still. Well, that was pretty great for yeah. Bartek. Yeah. I have a 10-star review here <gasps> called Favourite Movie by Sarah. That's it. So here we go. <clears throat> Despite the bad reviews, Bride Wars is my favorite movie ever. I've seen it millions of times and I have never and I never get tired of it. It's just a funny, entertaining, feel-good movie. I think the bad movie, the bad reviews are just because it is a complete chick flick. You should definitely watch it. Apparently this has to be <laughs> 10 lines, but that's all I have to say. So just ignore this. One 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 two 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 three two three 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 <laughs> like, that's the thing that kills me so that was a 10 star review but oh we're back in negative town two stars silly but not in a good way <gasps> when I was a kid I learned that there are things that are silly in a good way or silly in a bad way <gasps> let's start with the positives there were no jokes related to bodily functions no foul language here either now with the negatives I do not care if the movie is full of stereotypes. Heil! This is supposed to be escapism. <laughs> they wrote Heil. Uh, Heil, this is supposed to be escapism. I do not care about chauvinism. This is supposed to be a comedy. And I really do not care that this movie goes against feminism, women's right, etc, etc, etc. Because this is simply a movie and one not and one cannot be 100 politic not just percent 100 politically correct all the time. We are humans. Having said that, I can now say that the story is totally uninteresting, at least for a guy, and I think for most of the women as well. The conflict between the two brides has no tension. No great vengeful moments, no funny ideas, nothing. Blue hair, orange skin, is that all the writers could come up with? The war never escalates. Nobody goes ballistic. If BW, 
were a guy movie, there would be more blood, guts, severed limbs, explosions. All we get in BW is nervous giggles. For a movie that I supposed to be a comedy, BW has no funny moments, no cool jokes, nada. The ending is totally unbelievable and idiotic. And to make things worse, Kate Hudson is totally miscast in BW. My point is that BW is silly in a bad way. Bad way. Waste of money and time. And that was written from a great country called Brazil. (laughs) He learned a lot. And then I have one left, so uh, read us a, a couple more of yours and... We'll see what you got from YouTube. Uh, did you find these on the uh, trailer video or just random videos? Majority of them were from the trailer. Oh, that's good to know. But I know that I remember that some of the last few were from. And were there lots of comments on the trailer video? Not as much as I was expecting. Lots of views, I imagine. There was a decent number of views. Uh, millions, also I the, imagine. It was like the Bride Wars trailer HQ, so it was high quality. So of course, a lot of people would be flocking to that. I think there might have been a comment that said typical recurring thing of like, oh, the trailer's better than the movie, but it wasn't as much as like a Winter's Tale. Oh, classic Winter's Tale. Yeah, some of the last few comments I think were from like uh, the movie clips uh, ah, yeah, yeah, page yeah. where it was like the, what was it, the the, the Hen's Night. Ugh, classic Hen's Night. Yeah. So shoot us in the face with yours. Oh, honey... <laughs> He's your fiance. He probably thought your hair looked nice too. Lol, lol, lol. <laughs> Why is that? Yep, I agree. The trailer is better than the actual movie. What a missed opportunity for a film like this to be great. But it didn't, so thank God we got Bridesmaids two years later. <laughs> and one more, I guess. <laughs> this comment. <clears throat> Yay. It, it's fairly normal, but then it ends... Oh, this hit me. <clears throat> I like it when she has a lot of tan on her face and the other girl's hair is blue. Classic. She puts a lot of ease at Classic. the end of blue. Is that all you're giving us for the moment? I've got three more, but they're very short, and we, can, right. we can end on those unless, you, I'm unless gonna this end, is I'm very... Gonna, I'm going to read this for you. Okay. Now, to give context... I could not find... Now, this review is in retaliation to another review that I could not find. But it still stands on its own. Ten stars, Bride Wars. Meant to entertain, not to lead world peace, is the title. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> to the author of the previous comment, I'd like to say this. Granted, movies like The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Slumdog Millionaire are awe-inspiring and worthy of Oscar praise. Bride Wars comes at a time when, yes, North America is seeing an economic downfall reminiscent of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Does this automatically mean the movie should not reflect what current events do? That was a question, Bartek. Are you going to answer that? Uh, could you ask it again? Does this automatically mean the movie should reflect what current events do? No, of course not. Exactly. Absolutely not. It is merely here for comical relief. Something that touches the heart and allows viewers to escape, if only briefly from their everyday real life 
struggles. Not every movie has to remind us of how bad times are, and you are quite wrong. Spoiler alert! When you say both leading characters can afford to buy anything they wish, one of the characters is depicted as not being financially sound as the other, and it mentally has lived off the casts off of the other. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, so yours is as valid as mine. I urge viewers to go watch this movie. Women, see it because it's not just about things, but also about friendship, loyalty, and love. Men, see it because it's funny and because you will score major brownie points for taking that special woman in your life. And besides, maybe she'll owe you wink wink. They wrote that. Oh, this is why you didn't get your girlfriend. At least it's a movie where you will not leave the theatre all depressed or having been awoken from a comatose state induced by boredom. I promise! And that was that. Very clever how, um... He said that one of the friends lived off the uh, off the other. Yeah. Get it? Because the character's name was Liv in the film. Oh, but she wasn't one living off the other. Mm, that was Emma. But it's like the character changes at the end. <gasps> I got three more comments. Uh, fuck yeah. Let's read them. Yeah, let us let them fuck me. I can tell what video this comment is from. <laughs> and you will too, because it is the capitalization is normal, you know, capital at the start, rest yeah. of it's lowercase, but it's got a number of exclamation marks. Oh, good. To explain good. why I'm going to say the following phrase very loudly. <clears throat> so hot! <laughs> uh, I think that, is that the comment by itself? Yes, that's the Oh, comment. that's probably from the Agent Cody Banks scene. in oh, which yeah. oh, I accidentally put an Agent Cody Banks Fuck yeah, comment. Yeah, where he wore the, sunglasses. That in, was so in hot. In the Bride Wars comment. Uh, you know, file. weird thing is, I actually wrote that comment. Oh. That was me. One day I'm going to write an IMDb review for a movie that we're going to watch. And if it's Sex Machine 49 or something, I'll know it's you. Sex Machine 22, I no. think? Yeah, that's it. Go on, buddy. It hasn't been taken. Uh, two more comments, and I believe this next one is from a movie clips video of uh, when the the proposal in the office, because the comment is fucking relationship goals a f o m g. What does that mean? A f means as fuck. So relationship goals as fuck, as in yeah. this is something to aspire to, like holy shit, yeah. I want those and then, goals. And then the rest is... OMG, it stands for Oh my god. Oh my goose. Oh fuck. Because this person's not a Christian. Ah, thank god. And the last comment I... I don't know what it's from, what video particularly, but it's a very and general comment. Care. And I think some people will agree with it. it, it it's, it's very simple. <clears throat> I love all of film of Anne Hathaway is so cute. I agree. And that was the last one, huh? That was the last one. Well, Just ending on a... That was very nice. You know, yes. I like that. I'm glad we it's ended so on that. so cute. This was a cute movie, guys. And we thank you for being such cutie pies and listening to all of our podcast on such a forgotten classic. An unappreciated masterpiece. This is one of the great examples of a movie that needs to be shared yes. and you guys can share our podcast and, and don't just, be afraid to give just, it to your just friends quickly Paul if you're listening can you send photos of like your costume from when you saw the opening night of the film oh yeah 
Was it Paul? I think it was Paul, wasn't it? Tom, or whatever your name was. Tom, I think it was Give Tom. us your costumes. But, guys, thank you. If you want to help support us, well, you know, share this around, share podcast around, tell your friends, tell your loved ones, give us a, you know, rating or a review on, on the iTunes, or, hey, you can like uh, Facebook or YouTube, follow us on Podbean or iTunes. It's all under Spin Posh Presents. You can suggest movies to us because, hey, we may not know an unappreciated masterpiece that you want us, that you're thinking, are they going to do that next? Because, hey, there's a reason why they're unappreciated. is because not everyone knows them, and we can't know everything. But you might know one that you're waiting for, and we may never do it. So feel free to contact us as well. Bartek, it's been always a, it's always a pleasure to be hosting with you. And Jess, I hope your hair turned out amazing. You know, because she actually watched this movie in prep for show and never got to talk about it so she just watched it for her own leisure in the end and I guess her all I'm saying is really at the end of the day I hope your hair's nice we hope you walked out you know a changed person definitely your hair Uh, yeah that true yeah well guys remember to always be kind to each other alright now that the episode's over we have to make sure we don't fall into the infinity loop so I'll I'll pull out the time machine we're in a loop yeah, I know. We'll, I'll pull out the time machine. We'll, we'll inspect it. We'll just make sure we know what not to press. Because if we accidentally press it, we're going to fall into the infinity loop and we'll have to do this episode like for all eternity. Yeah. And it's going to be really bad. So I think this button right here that says infinity loop, we, we shouldn't press that particular button. Yeah. Well, that really? button right there? Yeah, that one. I shouldn't press it. Brian, you hit your table. Are you, is your finger okay? Yeah. Luckily, I missed the button. Yeah, that was that was close. Yeah. That was really close. Holy shit, I think we did it. Like, I thought, thought I was, like, jinxing ourselves, but uh, I, guess, I guess not all jinxes happen. Ah, oh, fuck it, I'm pressing the button, man. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it again. Yeah, ah, time machine. Listening people. Hey, you are listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slowinski. And I'm Bartek. Boo, boo. It's great because you applauded me and booed yourself. So no, no, that was the audience. That was the canned laughter audience. <laughs> Good stuff.